Making the simple complicated is commonplace. Making the complicated simple, awesomely simple, that's creativity. Charles Mingus. Everybody has a language, and everybody needs to hear God in their language. So sometimes our job as a Christian is to help use words or use illustrations that help them find God. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise. Brian, how you doing? I am well. How are you? I am also well. I don't know why I said it like that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm well. Thank you for asking. Emphasis on also. Also, yeah. Well, I mean, this is a <laughs> podcast about language. It is. It is. Words uh, matter. It's one of my biggest frustrations they, is that words matter and people use words or say things that it's like, that's not, that's not what that uh, means. Well, uh, yesterday, my wife... Uh, my daughter, my youngest daughter, asked my wife what time it was, and my wife said, it's it's 5 till 10. And my youngest daughter said, what? I don't speak that language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I don't speak that language. What? I don't speak that language. And I was like, I mean, that's, that's way easier than quarter till where you have to – I was like, oh, yeah, that quarter till is a yeah. little weird for kids to figure out. you got to do the math of – have you quarter s- of 60. There's a video on YouTube of a guy who's like, oh, it's 25 cents for 15 minutes, but that's not a quarter. And they're like, yeah, so for a dollar, it's an hour. And he's like, no, no, a quarter, it's 15 minutes. A quarter is 25. <laughs> Just they're going back. And finally yeah. he gets it. He looks at the camera and he's like, oh, I'm thinking in terms of a quarter of 100, not a quarter of 60. Right. Words are fun. Oh, for the poor people who try to learn English, I always just feel bad for them. So I before E so except weird. after C. Weird. Yes. Breaks that rule. Yes. Neighbor. Slay. Yeah. And yeah. Good times. <laughs> or uh, Brian Regan has a whole comedy thing about that. And oh, does it, he? There's this whole long thing, and it and it ends. It's like, I before E, except I see, except as a neighbor, and blah, 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 blah. And it ends with, and you'll always be wrong no matter what you say. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> he must be a husband. He's wrong. No <laughs> so what we're talking about language today and how um, – not not just the actual language, but communicating to people in a way that they can really grasp the gospel. And as a parent talking to children about this, I don't get to use big fancy words. I can't look at my child and so and say, you know, theodicy, the problem of you. I don't get to do that. You know, we have to explain it in a way they can understand. Right. So as a parent, that's just at the forefront of my mind for people in education or people doing job training. You can't act like people understand what you're telling them if they've never heard this or, or had it before. Right. So when you were in seminary, did you have to read Peace Child for a missions class? Or? I did not. It was a story that we were encouraged to read. And okay. I, I read it on my own, but it was not that was not a part of our uh, essential reading. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it's essential reading in lots of uh, places, but it should just be, it's just recommended reading no matter what or where you are. It's one of the really great books. I ordered it after we, did after, you? yeah, I did. Oh, it's, it's such a so great book. So I can have book. it now. And so it tells a story, uh, uh, Don Richardson writes it, he and his family uh, going to uh, an area in Papua New Guinea where they are amongst a tribe that has zero, you know, electricity or anything from modern civilization, completely removed from the rest of the world. Yeah. Uh, 
They are often warring with other nearby tribes. Uh, these are called the Sawi people, and there's a number of tribes within the Sawi people. They're brutal. Uh, the Richardsons come to find out that they always honor the traitor. Uh, in their culture, uh, they would honor, they even had a word for people um, who would betray someone. And they, it was a word kind of along the, uh, the lines of, you fatten the pig and then you slaughter it. Oof. So I, I become your friend. I make you think that you're welcome. I celebrate you. You trust me. And then yeah. I slit your throat. And one of the tribe members actually does this to an, to an opposing tribe member during the Richardson's time there. Oh, gosh. And so they're on the verge of all-out war breaking out. And the Richardsons have spent all of this time there, and they just can't get the gospel communicated. Mm. I mean, they can speak some of the language, but they can't really communicate. Yeah, there's a breakdown in because they worship the traitor. They don't yeah. understand uh, love and sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus is the weak one who gets betrayed by Judas. Yeah, and the hero the way of the story. That, that's the way they hear it communicated. So they are struggling on the verge of just leaving uh, when. Uh, the the chief of one tribe takes a child from their tribe and gifts the child to the other tribe to be raised by the other tribe, and that tribe will will treat that child as their own, and and keep that child and raise that child, and it is said as long as that child is alive, there will be peace between the two tribes. So that child is called the peace child. Mm. And when that act happens, it clicks for the Richardsons. This is their language, yeah. that we can explain the gospel because Jesus is the peace child. And that moment changes everything, not only for them in the short term, but generations later. Mm. Uh, there are uh, strong churches, uh, the, the church is doing well. Uh, in, in that area and people, the tribes learn to love one another and care for one another. It is said that for the first time ever, people, there were gray haired people because before nobody lived that long. And now yeah. that you had love and the hope of Christ, everything about them had changed. So it's an incredible book. We'll uh, put the show notes or in the show notes, we can add a link to the book. And then there's also a follow-up video where Don Richardson goes back years later oh, wow. to visit them. And it is phenomenal. Yeah. And the people remember him and are thankful for him. And he sees how the gospel has spread. It, it is unbelievable. It's just like a 15-minute short film. But we can put that in there. You can watch it for free. I, see, I, I love stories like that. I, th I, think, I think as ministers, we can get really bothered and bogged down because we feel like we're only sowing. Yeah. Where we're only sharing, we're only planting, and and then all of a sudden to be like, oh, wait, there's some fruit. Yeah, it it, it blows my mind. I'm encouraged by the story's message of the gospel is worth struggling over to communicate. Yes, I I, I can't tell you how often people. Oh, I was just hard to talk, or I didn't know how to do it, so I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and there's you got to be a little bit creative. You, there's a bit of tenacity and imagination that comes into yes to kind of trying to explain the gospel as, as best as we can. Yeah, um, walking in with your pre-made tract that maybe worked on in a the college campus 70s. in the 60s <laughs> in America yeah. may not work in a tribe in Papua New Guinea or it may not work in, in Upper West Manhattan today. Yep. So 
uh, we have to, we do. I like that word being creative. Yeah. That's not washing away the gospel. No, no. Communicating the truth of the gospel in creative ways that can communicate to yep. people in their language, in the way they understand it. I, I think one of my favorite examples of this is actually in Sesame Street. Do tell. Okay, so so Sesame Street. I don't know if you know this, but the American television show Sesame Street is not the only Sesame Street. Oh. Different countries, different nations mm-hmm. have Sesame Street that actually fit their culture. Oh. So um, in several African countries, there are puppets that have AIDS. Oh, wow. Would that fly in America if they introduced a puppet that had AIDS? Wow. Not at all. It would it would be it would be it would cause quite an uproar. But in uh, certain countries, specifically within the African yeah. uh, continent, it's acceptable and it's fine and it's actually encouraged because that's the culture. So Sesame Street, the organization this company has realized we can tell and promote morals and principles through puppets, but we can kind of culturalize it or localize it depending on where we're going wow interesting idea isn't it yeah 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 i i read from a preacher in africa uh during the height of the aids pandemic um or epidemic or not sure the the right word um where he had done 17 aids related funerals in one week oh gosh Oh my goodness! Can you imagine? So, but yeah, so that would be speaking their language yeah. in a way that they they understand. Yep. There's another story uh, from a missionary who I know, uh, who spent time in Southeast Asia, and there is a whole people group who their their kind of legend was that generations ago, their people had a relationship with God and could communicate with God because they could climb up this vine. And go speak to God. That's the, that's the legend. <laughs> okay. Uh, and there was a boy who loved going to speak to God. And so he would not do his chores. And he kept climbing up the vine and speaking with God instead of doing his chores. And his mom got so angry at him not doing the chores that one day she took an ax and she chopped down the vine. And the people had never heard from God again. That, and, <laughs> what? And, and that is really? millions of people within this people group in Southeast Asia believed this story and and that's why they believed that they would never hear from God. Oh my gosh. And so it's like a weird Jack and the Beanstalk story. Yes, yes, but for them that was their perceived reality. Right. And so when our our missionary friends heard this story, like all these light bulbs are going off like, "Oh my goodness, Jesus is the vine." Right. Like that's what we want to communicate with them that no 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 no, God has not abandoned you. Like you can communicate with so that that's how can we use this ancient story? Oh, that is so cool! And, and in a way that uh, doesn't just be dismissive of everything they've ever believed, mm-hmm. although what they believed was not true, um, but to instead say, "No, let, there's. Let me tell you the story of Jesus and the vine and the way He connects you to God." And so, wherever we are, those are kind of extreme examples. But your neighbor has a story that may be unique mm. that you need to try to say, "Where are you now?" And how can I in some way communicate, here's the gospel message, kind of an everyday life, so that you can see it for you. And yeah. there's there's a Bible story that you want to share with us and maybe share behind the scenes a little bit that helps yeah. us get there. So I love knowing about what's happening in a culture mm-hmm. while the Bible story is taking place. Yeah. So, for instance, Nineveh, their deity is a fish. It doesn't say that in the book of Jonah. 
but that's really cool that Jonah comes yeah. smelling like a fish, right? Like I, it's these little things that yeah. I really that I really enjoy, like the Tower of of Babel or Babel, however you want to pronounce it. It looks more like a ziggurat from surrounding nations. So these people are imitating other people. I, I love little things like that, little cultural things that I really enjoy. But my absolute favorite one is the story from Acts chapter 17 when Paul goes to the Acropolis on Mars Hill. Not that Mars Hill, a different Mars Hill. We'll talk about that Mars Hill later, but this Mars Hill was in Athens. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you remember the story in Acts 17, Paul is going, doing missionary work, witnessing, and he comes uh, to this collection of gods, and then there's a, this altar pillar um, that has an inscription, and it says, to the unknown God. And then Paul turns around to this crowd, and he says, let me tell you about this unknown God. And then he explains to them who this God is and how it's really Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the Bible doesn't actually give us the background onto where these pillars and statues came from, this 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 platform. Um, this actually originated uh, from uh, Diogenes Laetitus, his book called Lives of the Eminent Philosophers. And it actually gives us the background of a philosopher, uh, Epimenides, Hold on, I'm going to say this right. Epimenides. Yeah, Epimenides. Um, and he tells this really cool story that uh, that location, Mars Hill, Athens, uh, the Athenians were being attacked by pestilence. Uh, so the priestess of that area uh, sent a request to Epimenides to come and uh, to fix it and figure out what's going wrong with everything. Mm-hmm. So he comes and he it's not really making sense, but he's a wise man. So he comes to the conclusion that there's a god that is causing this that they're not worshiping that they're not there's another god mm-hmm. not not here but but out there that they're missing so he instructs them to take uh sheep some black some white uh, bring them to the uh, arapagus and kind of let them go and then make sacrifices where they stop and then build up these pillars yeah. and this the inscription on these pillars are to the unknown god mm. um and at the end of of this uh history it says and thus it is said the plague was stayed hence even to this day altars may be found in different parts of athens with no name inscribed on them which are memorials of this atonement Hmm. paul knows the history and the culture and the context of these of the citizens of athens and he's able to bring the gospel and say let me tell you who this unknown god is yeah. The one who provides the true atonement. It just it's 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 amazing. Um, C.S. Lewis called this uh, these um, instances and these unique circumstances good dreams. That because we're all made in the image of God, mm-hmm. and that ultimately all religions say there is a supernatural, um, it should not surprise us that there are moments, or at least some stories or some elements of every religion that we can find a way to point people to Christ yeah. by using that. It's this good dream that Lewis calls it. And I like that imagery. I, I think that I think that's a good way of looking at it. Every culture, every place, every people, God has already inserted himself into their lives, fragmented even, if you will. And for believers, in creativity, mm-hmm. ingenuity, we get to point them towards the one true living God yeah. and not their... Uh, the demons that they may be worshiping unbeknownst to them or the idols or, or whatever it is. Yeah. I, anyway, I love Mars Hill 7. It's a, uh, a, 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 a Acts chapter 17. Great story. One of, one of my favorite little verses there from Acts 17 when Paul is speaking to them says, For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. Yeah. But so Paul is walking around. Yep. Observing. Here's 
what they worship, hears what they think. And I'm sure his mind is churning the whole time. Lord, how can I point these people to you? Ah, here it is. Here it is. Yep. Here it is. And and so I think that uh, any wise person who wants to share the gospel, we have to spend some time walking around the people, the places where we want to share the gospel and thinking in terms of how can I how can I draw a line from where people are to where they need to be to where they understand the gospel? I like that. There was a there was a minister, I can't remember, not a minister. Uh, there was an individual whose name I forget, but I've heard it so many times that it must be true, uh, who made the statement that if Jesus would have been born in today's world and would have been um, sent to the electric chair, um, Christians would be wearing uh, electric chair cr- uh, necklaces. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you're right yeah, because yeah. it's a it's a it's a it's a torture device mm-hmm. that has now been used to bring glory to God and and for the, so yeah, he understood yeah this idea of we're going to engage the culture and we're going to we're going to change it and we're going to we're going to explain the gospel in a way that people can understand. I like that. Yeah. Why do you think Jesus used so much agricultural parables mm-hmm. or or stories that had to deal with money and things because of the culture? Does that mean that this isn't true and it isn't gospel? No, it's not what mm-hmm. we're saying. But Jesus knew who he was talking to. Yeah, I think it's easy to end up removed from the very culture in which we live. Mm. We can get in a little bit of a bubble. And one of the things I learned from Tim Keller was just to always be trying to learn. And, and so one thing that I do, uh, not not even every week, but every so often, is I'll go down. Oh, oh dear, here we go. Another Barnes and Noble story, but there's <gasps> another one. Th- there's no another one. There's no icky stuff involved. Well, then um, it's not a Barnes and Noble yeah. <laughs> story, Brian. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go down there and just kind of scour the magazines, right? And pick up uh, some of the mag, you know, magazines that I'm probably not going to pay for, but I'll look through five or six of them, and I might buy one of them. But things like Psychology Today, yeah. or um, the Atlantic, or uh, even a National Geographic or something political, something scientific, and maybe read from people who aren't believers, who are probably thoughtful, though, and who sometimes there's usually one magazine that I'll find something like, oh, this helps me understand people who uh, may not know Christ, but here's the stuff that they're thinking about. Mm. And oftentimes uh, there's been several issues on like happiness in the psychology magazines. Right. And, And there's like three steps to become happy, like serve someone else. Don't just think about yourself. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like yeah. the Bible tells us these very things, um, but I don't want to use that to just demean and belittle no. the psychologist, but to instead, because that's that's the temptation and that just pushes them farther away, but instead to be able to have a, communi- uh, a, a visit with somebody and say, yeah, I read this from this magazine and you know what, actually, it sounds a lot like Jesus. Right. And so they'd be able to point people to uh, who Christ is to speak their language in that way. I, I love that. I, I The more that I study history and philosophy and psychology and science, it's like, man, this really does all point to Jesus. Yeah. Whether we realize it or not, like we, we can't help but reflect even even in a shattered image uh, of, of Christ. I we want people to be loving and kind and we want them to be sacrificial and charitable, but we also want them to be firm and dedicated to what they believe. But without Christ, it's... Yeah. It's, it's, 
there's no standard. There's no, if you will, there's no foundation for them to make these claims that, no, loving your neighbor is a good thing. Why? Well, it makes society easier for us to live in. Uh, maybe for a time, but at the end of the day, that's a really shaky foundation. So, so let me echo this back. Because all people are made in the image of God, it is worth our efforts to try to understand them and to speak in ways that they will understand that will help them know their creator. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise.